Did you get battered by the storm, Nate? Uh, yeah, the garden's full of sticks. They fell off a More tree. More than usual? <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, actually, uh, one of them I probably would be dramatic enough to call a branch. Ooh. Uh, it would have solidly you... <laughs> brained me. Oh, blimey. <laughs> but uh, I wasn't I wasn't standing outside in the middle of the night, which, to be fair, I sometimes do, so I should count myself lucky. What, to, like, howl at the moon? Would you... <laughs> yeah, you know, when, I, when I'm not, you know, worshipping the derelict windmill uh, half a mile from my house, sometimes I just stand in the garden and uh, stare at the overly bright security light uh, behind the recruitment consultants on the high street. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> listener to this i'm gonna say i'm gonna say it's season three episode four it can be if we believe uh oh no episode uh, three season season three episode three is what it is at the electronic wireless show podcast rock paper shotguns pc gaming podcast and the only podcast you need in my opinion which is that of alice bell and i'm joined by nate crowley but in a switch reverse no jams jams is uh, away on a, a press trip um, and but I do have Nate. He's entrusted me with his sacred tin of metaphorical beans. Oh, beautiful! Can yeah. you tell? Is it what? Is it a big tin? Tell me about the tin. So it's like, um, I would say it's baroque styled, uh, polished brass, um, kind of the dimensions of a Red Bull tin, like rather than your standard Heinz. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. Yeah, there's some sort of um, there's some filigree. Um, around the edges of the can, and a single sapphire <laughs> in the ring pool, um, which I don't think is genuine. Uh, I I think it's, okay. Yeah, I think it's extremely well machined blue glass, uh, but the effect is exquisite. Okay, good, good. <laughs> when you said baroque, I thought you said barack first. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> You mean these chaos emeralds? <laughs> <laughs> Such a strange choice, I thought. Um, Those photos we'll look- from the Obama campaign trail where he was caught smoking, but he's just caught chugging from an incredibly elaborate <laughs> tin of beans. <laughs> they don't really go in for bakeys, baked beans, do they, in, in America? No, no. Well, I mean, cowboys... <laughs> Apart from cowboys, obviously. <laughs> this is it. But I've that whenever Americans start making fun of how we say water and things like that, they always say, "Oh, baked beans, terrible food." Baked beans. Baked beans are, are great and versatile foods. You can have them for any meal of the day. This you is, can't say yeah. that about many things. Yeah. You can't say much against Good beans. Stuff. No, I'd I'd defy you to. Um, well, good. I'm glad. Have you have you had a a nice 
you know, a few days, they had a decent yeah. week. But- been a bit of a, this week's been a bit low energy. Um, the weather has been a bit shit. Um, mm. So I haven't, I've, I haven't been out of the house as much as I usually um, have been in the habit of, but it's been okay. Um, I've been uh, getting in some really actually quite pleasant retro uh, RTS games, which I'll be talking about later. Uh, so I've been kept, kept well company. What about you? Yeah, been all right. Been all right, you know. I've been doing a lot of reviewing, so I'm playing a lot of games and that. Um, but been been decent, been all right, I think, which is good. I tell you though, I have not played the game that everyone's talking about and that we will be talking about now. That's not one of my better segues. I can't think of anything. <laughs> hey, but you know, uh, you're you're a power, and we've got all all the time in the world to talk about power worlds. <laughs> This week, we're talking about Pal World, which is, uh, well, everyone's calling it a Pokemon with guns. It's not really a monster collector. It's more sort of like a survival game like Rust, but you press these Pokemon-like animals to doing your uh, awful business for you so you can make them work in mines and, you know, Is it like a dark humour sort of game? Um... I I think it is sort of like parodying that. Do you know those posts that are like actually Pokemon is terrible and it, you're making these animals fight? It's like okay then, give them a gun, and and actually make them do all these awful things. Because as Graham, uh, former editor and and now sometimes newsboy at RPS pointed out, Pokemon itself is very strange, and it is only repetition that has made it not so. Yeah, <laughs> do you know, um. And so this just seems strange as we're presented with it new, I think. But I haven't played it, so I can't really be sure. Catherine does not like it. It's quite sweet. Um, <laughs> she just, she she really balks at the kind of implied animal cruelty of the whole thing, um, which is, is kind of lovely. Um, but yeah, it's uh, hugely popular, more to the point. So you, yeah, kind of corral... These little animals that look a lot like Pokemon and force them to do things and battle and, you know, what make machine guns for you in a production line. And then you go out and shoot other ones of them and stuff. So it's, yeah, a kind of rust meets Pokemon, I guess. Um, and hugely popular. It sold six million or something copies in its first week. It's the second most played you know concurrently played game on steam ever beaten only by plunk bat um but wow. i think it might have overtaken plunk bat now yeah so mad madness i mean it was it was a 1.8 concurrent players i believe and then uh plunk bat was it like something like three million so it's a ways off that but um hugely popular game and had immediately had some controversies <laughs> related to it um and I'm sort of not really sure why. So just just um, as a, a preface, like, is this a perceptual artifact of aging, or are games coming harder and faster out of nowhere these days? Because it's just a last, lot of them. <laughs> last time we spoke, I was talking about um, Lethal Company, which had come out of nowhere and become enormous, and. You know, I I, I I gave myself a brownie point for at least knowing about a, a huge game while mm. it was huge. 
And now this has snuck up and blindsided me. Well, this, in fairness to it, it did have a lot of um, trailers and things and became a bit meme for a little while. Uh, it's in early access now, so it's not 1.0. Mm. But um, yeah, there's just a lot of games. I mean, there was a separate discourse about how there are too many games or maybe there aren't. Maybe there should be fewer games. I don't know. But we won't get into that. Let's <laughs> not, yeah. <laughs> no, let's not. But there has been controversy about I forgot the name of the game. Pal World. That's what it's called. There was controversy about Pal World because, well, okay, a couple of things. One is that the same company that made this game also made a game where you have to just sort of guess if an image is AI or not, if it's AI generated or not. And the uh, head of the studio said that he, you know, he liked AI. He was impressed by AI image generation, whatever. And everyone was like, well, that means there's AI in the game. These animals, these pals that were made by AI. There's no evidence they were made by AI. Right? No, it doesn't so seem was, to be, does it? That, that was controversy number one, which I don't really understand why it exists. And nobody gave a shit about that shooter that had a, actual AI voices in it. So I don't know why that was a thing. Um, but the the bigger issue that then overtook that is that it looks a lot like Pokemon. Um, <laughs> what is your understanding of the situation, Nate? From because I sent you uh, a link to an article. Yeah, so I've I've actually been reading around this with interest all morning. Um, I thought actually there was a uh, Edwin did a good um piece on RPS. We talked to your um lawyer king. Tim, yeah, Tim the lawyer. Um, yeah, looking at some because yes, it's it's absolutely clear that you know a, a lot of the asset designs are very, very, very capital letters legally distinct. Um, but the the impression I'm getting from all of it is that it has been carefully thought through, you know, so as not to be a legal risk. Uh, and actually the effort that has gone into replicating things, not just from uh, Pokemon, but as you say, you know, it's, um, there's a lot of comparisons to be drawn uh, with with Rust, Ark, Fortnite, etc. And, you know, in terms of things actually being visually and, you know, uh, I was about to use the term play feel, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, extremely <laughs> reminiscent of things that already exist. And I think the conclusion to be drawn is that being able to successfully replicate elements from so many different things and make them work together is a pretty fucking impressive technical feat and not really mm. derivative in itself. Well, I think the... Like, I do my shop in Aldi, right? <laughs> and, like, I walk down the aisles and there are, like, honey hoops and, you know, seal bars and it's all Harvest Morn but in the Kellogg's font, you know. It's meant to look like the thing it's meant to look like. And I don't think Palworld is... Like the point is that it reminds you of Pokemon because then you go, ah, the Pokemon has a gun, but it's clearly not like the the point that uh, Tim Cotton, the lawyer man, makes is that they're sufficiently different that there's no problem. Like when you look at, you know, if you showed the comparison pictures of the Fen Glope from Palworld versus the 
Cobalion in Pokemon, which is like a big blue deer. If you showed the pictures to to someone on the street, they'd be like, yeah, that's a different thing. Those animals are not the same thing because they look different. Well, they look similar, but they do look different. Crucially, though, Alice, I I remember looking at the images side by side and I know one has a big sort of Santa beard growing out of its chest and over its back. Yes. I remember that's the distinction. I couldn't tell you which was from Pokemon and which was from Power World. But again, you know, I'm 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 not going to knock this stuff because like the the franchise I make a living writing for did have its origin as a way, you know, a game system where you could just play with miniatures from any fantasy or historical wargaming system you happen to own. <laughs> like Warhammer you know, did start its life as a, a sort of a, you know, way to play the hits from a bunch of different franchises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, other law talking guys have kind of made the point, like Richard Hoag of Hoag Law tweeted over the weekend, I can't tell you what Nintendo will or won't do about Pal World. I can tell you, however, that they'd have a tough time winning on any infringement claim that isn't arguing a direct design copy. The game itself is a Minecraft Zelda Monster Hunter mashup, unlike anything Pokemon has put forth. So there's no winning there. So it's not, they sort of look similar, but they're doing different things. Uh, well, yeah, so, I, you know, I think that's where thing. that's kind of what I was saying is that, yeah, if you can, if you can mimic lots of different elements from different things and put them together into something new, you're no longer mimicking anything, Yeah, you know, as a yeah, whole. yeah. 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 Now the the as Edwin points out in his article, the plot thickens because um the the VGC uh talked to a pair of AA game artists about accusations leveled by an anonymous Twitter account that some of Power World's three D models are nearly identical to uh three D models from Pokemon. But um yeah. So that and they said there's no way that they could be, you know, um, the the same that close. Uh, these developers said there's no way they could be that close if they hadn't been, uh, you know, ripped from Pokemon's. And one of them even said they would go on the stand and say this. So that was kind of interesting. Um, however, <laughs> the plot thickens, right? Because today that anonymous account that said um, these are exactly the same is now walking back their um their claims that they're exactly the same. Oh, really? They scaled they scaled the mesh uh you know and uh that not they've they've said I feel regretful for using exactly so flippantly. I was trying to be silly but I think it gave an incorrect impression. While some elements are similar these messages are not literally exact copies of each other. Um Well that so, is quite the backpedal. Yeah. Um, but they're still posting like some stuff. Yeah, so like they've walked that down. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> today, uh, the Pokemon company has released a statement, which I think is very funny. Uh, Nate, would you like to read that for us? Inquiries regarding other companies' games. We have received many inquiries regarding another company's game released in January 2024, when I was not granted any permission for the use of Pokemon intellectual property or assets in that game, we intend to investigate and take appropriate measures to address any acts 
that infringe on intellectual property rights related to the Pokemon. We will continue to cherish and nurture each and every Pokemon and its world, work to bring the world together through Pokemon in the future. The Pokemon Company. (laughs) I think that's a great statement because it basically just says, stop emailing us, you fucking nerds. And then makes the point that they will look after their Pokemon. It's quite sweet, isn't it? Yeah. I think Catherine would have approved of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say, uh, while the Pokemon Company may not uh, bring the ban hammer down on Power World and uh, Power World's developer uh, pocket pair, I believe they're called, they have brought it down on uh, a guy called Toasted Shoes, who's a YouTuber who does modding, uh, and he did the inevitable, which was to mod Power World so the pals look like Pokemon's. Um, and his tweet about it was DMCA'd by Pokemons, and his YouTube video was also taken down. So he definitely was using Pokemon uh, and had and received swift justice for it. But you can still uh, get the mod, I believe, through his Patreon. So he's not accepting money for the mods directly, but you know he did work for it. And so if you want it, you have to subscribe to his Patreon. Does that make sense? It's a step removed from monetizing his Pokemon mod. Um, Gosh. Yeah, I know. There's a lot going on. Um, Why, Nate, do you think there has been this outsized amount of uproar? Because everyone's really fucking stressed out in general. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it just keeps bleeding through into places where it doesn't make sense. Everyone's getting laid off. And another thing, these fucking animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not your fucking elephant. <laughs> Do you think it's as simple as that? Just it's very popular and people have decided that it's done something wrong. Well, yeah, it's just, you know, when the... When you start to find out about something purely, you know, by the controversy that's contained within it and the rest of it comes along in the sort of bow wave of that. Um, yeah, and it's really popular anyway. Uh, so it's, mm. it, you know, spreading everywhere via two different transmission mechanisms. Um, you know, the quality of the actual game and outrage. Uh, then it's suddenly in everyone's... Well, as I said, you know, these things just come out of nowhere. It's in everyone's face all of a sudden, and everyone feels pressured to have an opinion. Um, mm. Yeah, uh, it's... I, I... I, I, It's hard to maybe give a fair uh, take on this because I've never particularly been a Pokemon fan. Like, I've played Pokemon games, mm. um, but it never really grabbed me. I never... I wouldn't say I had any particular sort of nostalgia or affection for the IP. Um, yeah. But then again, even if I did, yeah. I do, it's very, very weird people getting so angry about like copyright infringement, where as you, you know, you made an example about the, um, the shooter with the AI voices. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, I just get the feeling this kind of thing has happened very many times before and, and not caused so much anger. Yeah, I like I I found that interesting in particular because that was the first kind of um ignition point uh, about Power World was the idea that it might use AI. 
because uh, the head of the studio had tweeted positively about AI and Web3 bullshit. And the company had made a game that featured AI and had prominently said, like, the point of this game is to see if you can tell us something's AI. No evidence that AI was used in Pal World, apart from they looked like Pokemon, you know? Um, so that was mad to me. Like, Dinga Bakaba, who um, worked, oh, who's the, the lead for uh, Deathloop, did a thread about that where he was like, what, what are you talking about? It's clearly not, like... These have been worked on for years. There's no evidence that it's AI. Why are you all going mad? Um, and I found it interesting that like loads of people really crossed that this game might use AI, and were not. There was not as much, you know. Oh, it's about protecting art. This is disgusting, etc. About the sh- the arena shooter that does definitely use AI, and maybe it's just because that was nowhere near as popular. Well, I think there's also players, that. But- you know, there's the fear that something might use AI and look like something that's been worked on for years. That would be, you know, I yeah. think it would, that there's the additional level of worry that it might be AI and that convincing and also done, you know, done underhandedly. Um, the idea that, you know, stuff that you had... But I had, uh, I had a moment the other day watching some like pretty poor quality like zoology video on YouTube and I started panicking because I couldn't work out if the script had been written by AI because it had a, a human reader but the script seemed to have been really really oddly written and just break into stretches of reading from Wikipedia I was like wow has is this just someone who hasn't put together a very good script or is this a chat GPT job? And that gave me a really sick feeling because I couldn't work it out. And I, you know, I didn't know what I was encountering. And I think that's probably the the fear that stoked a lot of that emotion, I would guess. That's a good point. Because that the arena shooter disclosed it was AI. And this maybe could have been and they didn't disclose it. And I didn't, I couldn't tell. I was tricked into liking a game that was fake and wrong. Yeah. Yeah, this maybe is it. Was it. That. Yeah. We're worried the I, camp test is getting passed in front of our eyes. I think we're still at the stage where something truly shit can only be made by a person. Yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and that is something to celebrate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also, I've awkwardly had like a few conversations recently with like slightly older, like, you know, not boomers, but like, slightly older Gen X people who don't really like get what the issue is and think they haven't like you know talked to anyone about it they've just seen that they can make pictures and generate stuff whatever and think that that seems kind of cool you know Uh, and I have to be like no it's not cool it's bad yeah there's a weird especially Um, you see it a lot on Facebook like people who just see it as a sort of um a fun low-key novelty <laughs> yeah and then people who are a lot more online like no <laughs> i can make minion memes without having to look them up now that's great you know and then someone like me has to be like actually someone my book was scraped and uh not i'm not you know i don't think it's good and they kind of don't they're like oh no <laughs> i ruin their day oh uh, and i don't mean to i'm sorry but no um 
I will be interested to see what happens with this power world thing. I think what will happen really is eventually it will just die off. People won't be playing it as much. The initial kind of boom will will go and people will move on to whatever's next and Pokemon won't sue them because obviously... If if Pokemon do... If the Pokemon company sue over Power World, I will eat my hat, sir. I think it's so unlikely. Doesn't that set a really interesting... Like potential business model, like not exactly one you could depend upon, but you know, if you can take an outrageous legal risk with a game, not to say this is an outrageous legal risk, but if you know, you know that a game is only going to be huge for such a short amount of time, that legal action against you would be kind of pointless in a in a, in a long term way. Like, isn't there then a legitimate model for? <laughs> Just putting out a massive rip-off that will get briefly and incandescently popular. (laughs) And then you can pay whatever legal fees you suffer. I mean, it depends on, like, who... Because, like, 2K Games, who own Rockstar, are famously very litigious. And they've done... Recently, they suit... Or they've... Filed the, not sued. They filed the complaint about Remedy, what done Alan Wake, who did a new R logo, and 2K were like, "That's too similar to Rockstar's R, you shits," and they're trying to complain about the R logo. <laughs> I don't think the R's look the same, but they've done that. I think they went after some like mom and pop axe throwing company that was called like Red Dead Axe or Left for Axe. I don't know. Like, <laughs> It was something like that. I can't remember. Uh, Bethesda uh, made or forced a tiny indie game that was called Pray to the Gods to change their name to Pray with an A in it because Bethesda owned the video game Pray. Like I remember that. Shit. Yeah. That's what um, drew my attention to the game, actually. It was quite cool. Yeah. So I don't know. But I don't think this... It's not called Pokegun or anything. It's not <laughs> infringing in that way. It's clearly not meant to be actual Pokemon. It plays completely differently. It's meant to make you remember Pokemon and go, oh, this is mad. That this poke, this this nice looking animal that reminds me of something I played when I was seven has got a fucking machine gun. Well, That's I mean, kind of it. The, the, the angle we haven't really discussed as well is that, I mean... I have no idea how the law for this works in games, but like the, the, there is like legitimate use of copyrighted assets as parody. And it does sound quite yeah. a lot like it's in some ways a parody of the entire concept of Pokemon. But um, they might not want to argue that it's meant to be a parody of Pokemon because then maybe they're bringing their game closer to being like Pokemon. I don't know. Yeah, this is, um, this is a strategy game I have no experience of playing, but... yeah. But there's, I mean, maybe there's a comparison to be made with the music industry as well, which has become like, there are only so many chords and you see like legacy musicians or like families of, of, you know, very famous musicians from who made song decades ago saying like this little loop in your song sounds like something Marvin Gaye did, you know, Mm. not, I'm not talking about sampling. I'm talking about like Ed Sheeran puts a song out and then someone will say like, this sounds like my dad's song and then they have to put you know whoever is a, a writer credit on the track that kind of thing and I, I i don't know loads about it but musicians and kind of 
music fans and specialists are like, they're not sure about this, guys, because... Well, there's no such thing as a cover version in games, is there? No, exactly. Although, can you imagine? (laughs) I can't stop imagining. (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, Well, let's move on from talking about games that are like other games to games that we've been playing this week. Nate, what have you been up to this week? Uh, So, I... I downloaded a duo of games uh, because I just really felt like some RTS meat and potatoes. Uh, So I got Dune Spice Wars uh, and Starship Troopers. um, What's it called? The Starship Troopers RTS. Terran Command. There you go. I remember playing the demo of that. That was mad mad shit. Tell me about them. Well, Starship Troopers, Terran Command... I I don't know how, in all the years since this obviously came out in 1998, I missed it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking ideal, man. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I've seen lots of. I, I we do seem to be in a real time strategy revival at the moment, uh, as proven by the fact a game like this can exist, which is genuinely uh, a throwback. Um, you know, to all the point, all the points that make it uh, irritating to play. There's too much micromanagement. Um, you know, there's only ever about eight units on screen. There's no real base building to speak of. But yeah. honestly, for a certain, you know, for a certain very very specific profile of fun, um, that yeah, it's 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 done it. It's a really good use of the movie license as well. You know, it's not very narrative heavy, but it is quite quietly snarky um you have horrible propaganda videos in between missions um (laughs) it's done with its tongue rammed completely in its cheek yeah it's cool i really like it um i i do remember it seeming quite uh command and conquer yeah when i played it Um, yeah it's um yeah it has attack move but beyond that I would say it's it, it's missed any innovations in the last 20 years and it's better for it. Very deliberate piece of work. Um, Lovely. June Spice Wars. Um, I've been really enjoying that. It's uh, That's a weird one because it's that kind of RTS that plays a lot more like a turn-based sort of 4X yeah. like Civ. You are trying to... Basically... Okay, it's one of those games where there's about, you know, 60-odd numbers being tracked in-game, and you have to work out what they all do and how you can, like, abuse building things to make all those numbers go up very hard. So it's kind of like a paradox game in that respect, only more on the complexity scale uh, of a sieve, although it is technically in real time. That doesn't matter that often. You occasionally have, funnily enough, kind of Dune 2 speed infantry waddle into your territory uh, to try and seize a village off you. But, you know, it's never sort of twitchy, um, blink and you'll miss the chance to use an officer's ability uh, kind of play at all. It's very slow-paced, plodding, broody, um, Dune-y. I like it. Um, Ah. 
yeah, could maybe use a little more sort of flavor and character. It's starting to feel a bit of a spreadsheet simulator. Um, now I'm sort of grinding into the long campaign, uh, but it's holding my attention. Lovely. Okay. So you good. Um, I'm going to shock you because I've been playing some Solium Infernum, which is a, a strategy game, turn-based strategy game. I've been playing it as part of, there was like a, a play test, I can't remember what you call it, but like it, years ago, the original Solium Infernum uh, was one of those uh, RPS series where people would play and they'd make notes about their turns in mm. versus multiplayer and then write them up. So we're sort of trying to do the same thing um and uh we did a bit of it as part of the playtest and i <laughs> i the other three uh ollie catherine and uh edwin were taking it super seriously i think and were like ollie was like sending because you can send messages to each other the idea like satan is gone and the other princes of hell are vying for power and so you set a game for however many turns and uh then try and win and uh you could do all sorts of mad shit you can do rituals that confer buffs whatever you every turn you can do two things and we're playing a we were playing asynchronous multiplayer um and I th- we we're just sort of prepping for doing the real thing and i like ollie was sending us like uh messages as haikus asking us to like <laughs> And like, if I didn't do my move and it was like getting on for eight o'clock, I get a fucking text from Ollie and like, I can't wait to write it up because I know like all of them are like, have plots and plans and stuff. I don't really understand what the fuck is happening at any point. So my notes, are, and I hope they don't listen to this, but <laughs> mine are all going to be like, eh, I thought I'd send Catherine a threat. I don't know, see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> like, just... This is true devil behavior though. It's just whatever. Beelzebub's here for a good time, not a long time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's not really my sort of game, as you might be able to to tell, because I I just don't have the brain capacity or like long term visualization to. Th- I can't think in chess, you know. I can think one move ahead. <laughs> That's the limit of what I could do. So I'm just like rocking about, like running around, and the others are all like have plans and stuff. So um uh yeah, I I think it's an interesting one to keep an eye out for if you like that sort of thing. Um and then I played the prologue for a game called El Dorado the Golden City Builder. Hello. Is yes, I thought your ears would prick up. It's um a well <laughs> I'll say this up front, right? It's it's inspired by the the Maya, right? It just it surely is. Like yeah. it's set in like the Yucatan Peninsula. It's got all the you know the stepped pyramids, um, and all the gods are like Mayan gods and or figures from Maya mythology. However, weirdly, like the page doesn't say Maya anywhere or Mayan. It refers to like a mythical ancient tribe, and like some of the emails. Like they will sometimes say, you know, the Yucatan Peninsula, and then sometimes they'll say like the mythical land of Yucatan, spelt differently. And I was like, did you? I don't know. I'm just like, were you originally aware that you were making a game about, you know, the Maya, 
And then you decided you couldn't be asked to do enough research and just wanted to make like a cool thing. And so you're trying to distance yourself from it being Mayan, you know. But they haven't fully uh, detached like, it. Yeah. Ah. It's just kind of weird. I'm not sure what's going on. But it, it does do some really interesting stuff. I mean, it's not, if nothing else, it's very refreshing to see a city builder that is not like overwhelmingly European, do you know? I've wanted um, a decent like Mesoamerican city builder for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's some interesting stuff going on, I think. Like um you it so it's all, you know, you build in in jungle in quite dense jungle. Mm. Um you one thing that I think is very interesting is that the religion is built is is inextricably tied to everything else in the civilization in a way that I think is very cool. So like it has a calendar and you have to it shows you which god you have to watch out for this season kind of thing. And uh you know if the god's angry it'll just set fire to some of your shit like every few days. So you have to build a um what's the place where astronomers live? Um an observatory. Yeah, you build an observatory so you can look at the stars. And then once you've done that, you can, quote-unquote, unlock constellations that relate to different gods. And when you do that, not only can you unlock um, temples and shrines in the build menu, but also other um, things that go along with that god's kind of thing. So you have to, you know, to get farms, you have yeah. to unlock a certain god and that kind of stuff. So it's really in... in like tied up in the whole civilization the religious system which i think is cool and the shrines uh are basically like area of effect uh break uh, like protection from the gods being mad so you can stop stuff being set on fire if you put enough shrines around and they protect all the houses then they'll stop like burning down which i think is kind of cool so oh so I that's like an that interesting because one of my perennial complaints about city builders is like the arbitrary like crime and fire and disease things which will just make your experience annoying unless you plonk something down to stop yeah. it this sounds like a more creative way of of because it always felt to me like a need that the genre had never quite figured out how to address satisfyingly but this sounds like a good stab at it yeah i yeah i i liked that What's, what sort and of yeah. a, a, a speed is it in terms of like, because I always like city builders with quite a lot of resource processing and production chains and things. Does it go hard on that or is it more population um, it's, I, stuff? Um, I wouldn't like to say. It does do, so you have um, two different, like you have normal workers and then you have posh people and you're you're... It, who are basically like the priest class. So the yeah. upper classes do all the, the priest stuff and shrine stuff and temples. And then the scrubs do like the farming and water collection and mining. Uh, you can mine for different things, different colored minerals and things. Uh, in, if you get maize, you could farm for different crops. So maize, and you can make different kinds of stuff. Um, so I don't know, because it's like the pro is just the prologue and the prologue will be... Um, free for everyone to give a go i think next week on the 30th um so well, i'm very 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 keen to to give this a, a, yeah. a go yeah 
But yeah, the only thing was like, why are we not saying Maya, lads? What What's happened? Because I, I feel like the footprints have been left from where they were happy to say, like, we're basing this on the, the Mayan, you know. Oh, I think it's a real shame they haven't done that because, yeah, there's a wide open place in that genre for, for a decent Maya game. That'd be really cool. I mean, it totally is. It's called El Dorado, the Golden City Builder. Like, that's what it, that's what it is. Uh, but I'm just sort of like, what what's happened? What? What conversations did you have? What's going on? Do you know? Bite the egg. Like, yeah. 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 But um, yeah, do, do have a look because I'm interested to see what other people think of it. And where, and maybe I'm just, I've been overly sus. I don't know. It's just weird to me that they've kind of, you know, erased Maya a bit, but you can still read it almost. It's like they, I feel like they did at one point think they were going to explicitly say that and then they backed off from it and wondering why but i don't know that so i don't I mean attribute any malice considering like popular depictions of the maya you know in the last 20 years peaked with that horrific apocalypto film by mel gibson where oh, yeah. he just made up an imaginary monster culture and then just flat out called it the Maya. Like, when that's the example being set, you can't do much fucking worse. The, fl- the floor has been found, yeah. yeah. And the floor is lava. Jesus. <laughs> that reminds me. Did I tell you about Bobby Fingers? I must have done that. No. I'm sure I recommended it at some point. Bobby Fingers is a YouTuber who makes... Uh, really lovely models, um, scale miniatures. Although his latest project is a giant uh, rowboat in the shape of Jeff Bezos's face. Um, <laughs> it's all, they, they are genuinely some of the greatest works of art. These videos. Um, so he did the first one he did was Mel a diorama of Mel Gibson's arrest. For being <laughs> Uh, I will send I will send that to you and I'll put the link in the show notes, listener. Because if you haven't watched Bobby Fingers yet, then you should. It's really good. And the Jeff Bezos rowing boat one is amazing. There's like a song. There are pirates. Uh, I can't even begin to tell you. It's so good. Um, but yeah, uh, we've got no hardware section this week. I could make today. one up. Go on then. The have you heard about the release of the computer two? The computer two. Yeah. It's, Shit! Yes, yeah, it's, it's made out of um, it's made out of different meats. Uh, you have to keep it refrigerated, right? Um, it's got <laughs> <laughs> it's got a Lego Does screen. It... Okay. Oh God. Okay. It's probably some wine in there. I don't know. Some... <laughs> I don't do machines. Da, 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 da. Beans. <laughs> All right, now have you got a tower of jocularity this week? We can certainly go to the tower. Yeah. Beautiful. What form is the tower this week? So uh, it's actually um, uh, Titan and Cop LLP, uh, a law firm. Ooh. Uh, but don't worry, the directors are out on one of their famous lunches. Uh, <laughs> okay. which should be going on for a few hundred years so we'll, we'll be safe um, but it's uh, they specialise in intellectual property law and they've been uh, listening to the episode with interest uh, so far 
Uh, and while we were here, I thought I'd take the opportunity to quiz you on a few intellectual property issues. Um, oh, shit. Okay. Because as I mentioned earlier, um, obviously the, the IP I write for, Warhammer, um, has had loads of interesting times with intellectual property over the years. So I thought I'd run you through uh, some trivia questions and see how good your instinct for the legally distinct is. <laughs> okay. Well, I know that you can't be a space marine girl and people are really mad at the suggestion that that might happen. That's a spicy meatball. That's that's the spiciest of all meatballs, Alice. Today we're just going to restrict ourselves to the pasta buffet. Um, okay, all right. <laughs> when um, when the Warhammer Fantasy battle was replaced by Age of Sigmar, uh, a lot of the uh, cultures in it were renamed to be more legally distinct. Uh, did ogres become ogres, ogres, ogars, or ugnas? I'm going to say Ogars. It's Ogors. Oh. <laughs> uh, did elves become Elfs, Elvers, Alewives, or Ulthrian? Well, I know Elvers is a baby eel. I think you've slipped that one in. <laughs> like a baby eel, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the last one again? Ulthrian. I think that. Uh, no, it's actually Aelfs, uh, which in oh, fairness is sake. just the old English this is, word. This is some <laughs> fucking Aldi cereal shit as well. <laughs> so, in- Oh, gauze. <laughs> you like milk, why not try milk? <laughs> Meanwhile, in Warhammer 40k, were the um, future troopers Imperial Guard, were they renamed the Adastra Munitorum, the Astra Militarum, the Adeptus Uppenatum, or the Antipodes Antagonista? Okay, it's not the last two. You're helping me out there. <laughs> what? Say the first two again. Adastra Munitorum and Astra Militarum. Adastra Munitorum. So I know Astra means star. Ad Astra means to the stars. Uh, what's Munitorum? I Sound, sounds like ammunition, doesn't it? Ad, say it again, ad astra munitorum or astra mili- militarum. Astra- I think it's the second one because you, you're not go your your soldiers aren't going to the stars; they're just star boys, aren't they? You're right. It's the astra militarum. However, yeah. the adeptus munitorum are the administrative organization oh. tasked with providing them with all the material they need for war. God's sake. But Henry uh, Cavill loves that shit. <laughs> True or false? I'm glad false. I fucking classic studented my way through that one. <laughs> okay, so uh, true or false? Uh, Games Workshop came up with green orcs. Ooh. Oh, see, all I can think of is the War- Warcraft movie. I'm going to say false. Well, the original Warcraft was going to be a Warhammer game. And that's where the Green Orcs came from. Shit. So uh, I only discovered that this morning. That's While researching this very quiz. It's cool, isn't it? And uh, the 
Space Marines, or rather the Adeptus Astartes, use uh, flying war vehicles called land speeders. Uh, but these uh, are not similar to the land speeders in the Star Wars franchise. What's the main difference? Do you know? Uh, they've got wheels. Uh, well, no, they're called land speeders because they were discovered by <laughs> a tech priest called Arkham Land, and they're named after him, as is the Land Raider armoured assault tank. It's named after a man, which has also spawned the joke that space marines are called space marines because their inventor, the Emperor of Mankind, is actually called James Space. That is not true. Please. <laughs> Mr. Land was my father. <laughs> that wasn't even for legal reasons. That was just the writers of, like, first edition Warhammer being very funny. <laughs> that's very. That's a very good joke. That's great. <laughs> and there we go. That was. Um, that was as many questions as I feel like I dare to set. <laughs> I don't think I won, but that was fun. Thank you. <laughs> all right that just about does it for this week's episode of the electronic wireless show this was season three episode two of or three season three episode three god damn it of the electronic wireless show rock paper shotguns pc gaming podcast and the only podcast you need in my opinion and now all that remains is for us to do some recommendations because every week we recommend something that is not a video game nate what are you recommending this week so, uh, you'll remember we got obsessed with um, BBC sitcom Ghosts over Christmas. Um, I do. We were still gurning uh, for more, and so we started the uh, American Ghost series. Yeah, they did like with The Office. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really good. Um, yeah. Yes, we we really strongly disliked it for about an episode and a half, and then it found its feet and. Yeah, we've ended up liking it just as much. It is, um, I will advise anyone um, who does family viewing, it is, it's a little smuttier than the UK version. Like, not so much that we don't feel comfortable watching it with our kid around, but it has prompted a couple of interesting questions. So just a note for parents, um, <laughs> it is one notch further on the watershed scale. <laughs> that's interesting because it's used that's usually the case that we're smuttier than the Americans, aren't we? But Yeah, we've realized there's um it's it's a territory usually occupied by British shows where there is some risk of watching it with a kid, but the risk is very much that you will have to answer an embarrassing question rather than the kid be exposed to anything off putting or inappropriate. Uh, it, yeah, <laughs> that's the risk. Okay, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Having a child must be a, a nightmare. Um, I am going to recommend, uh, I referenced this uh, a few week, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a week ago, time has no meaning, on uh, a supporter post, but I have fallen down a new YouTube rabbit hole, which is anti-MLM <laughs> YouTubers. Um, and MLM is a multi-level marketing uh, yes. company which is the um legal form of a pyramid scheme now so and they always sell like shampoo or like shit jewelry or essential oils and 
Um, I think it's much worse a phenomenon in America, but they, uh, they're basically pyramid schemes. And um, there are a group of people, like YouTubers, who, who do content about MLMs and kind of educating you about like what the different ones are and trying to like get people in them out and stuff um so to start with i'm going to recommend cc suarez who um she's very funny she's very uh sincere um but a little bit bitchy as well which i think kind of <laughs> makes them a, a fun watch oh but, hang on uh, yes i've come across them this is good yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there are a few of them. But Hannah Alonso is another good one, I think. Um, but yeah, I'm going to recommend Cece Suarez as a starting point. Um, she's very accessible. And yeah, maybe Hannah Alonso as well, actually, because Hannah does a lot of like, uh, she has a series of like deep dives on the different companies where she explains each of them. And uh, they're really good places to start as well. I don't know why. I just find it very, um, I don't know, comforting listening to these women explain why this stuff is harmful and a crock of shit. I've seen quite a few sort of dismantling those sort of things where very sad men pay $18,000 to be shouted at by nasty men in the hopes they'll become alpha males. Um, Yeah. 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 I've I've seen quite a lot of similar format videos basting those recently, which is, I know what you mean by comforting. Yeah, it's sort of like there are sensible people in the world still who are trying to help, you know, stop this shit happening. And yeah, I haven't seen any of those ones that you referenced. This is like, I think, the girl form of that because MLMs are overworked. They're like 90% women, basically. Mm. Um, So super kind of interesting. And yeah, uh, so that's my recommendation this week. But I think that's all we've got time for on this episode of the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock, Paper, Shotguns, PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. We'll be back next week, I think, with the jams next week as well. Um, but uh, for now, it's goodbye. Well, no, for now, I'm going to do the the bit where I point you to all our social media stuff because we're on all of the social medias, just for TikTok and YouTube and Twitter and what have you. Just search Rock, Paper, Shotgun. You can email us, podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. You can join the Discord, which is a very merry little place. Um, and there's a, a bit for talking not just about the podcast but for games in general and like chatting with people and organising online playing and stuff it's good um, but for all of your video game or your PC gaming needs I should say just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com and now it really is goodbye from me Alice Bell and it's goodbye from Nate bye Nate I'm off to shake down Squirtle for blood diamonds bye <laughs> <laughs>